Our screens impact us in so many ways. Uh, we lose track of time while we're scrolling. We've all been there, right? Our screens also allow us to communicate with almost anyone at any time. Our screens also allow people online to shape one of the most important parts of our lives. Uh, today might be the message that really impacts your future more than you even realize. This might be the most important talk for you to hear, maybe for your teenagers to hear, or for you to live out for your kids. Uh, when I was a student pastor, this was actually one of my favorite things to talk about with students because of how important it is for that stage of life, but really how important it is for every stage of life. And today we're going to talk about how our screens shape our identity. Do you know what this is? Uh, if you don't know, it's a label maker. It makes labels. I, I printed out a few labels, and if this is you, uh, you can sort of just digitally wear this label. Uh, number one, engineer. Uh, I, I don't know if I printed enough labels uh, for all you engineers out there. Uh, how about this? California native. How many of you were actually born in California? Let us know in the chat. Uh, how about this one? Transplant. How many of you came from somewhere outside of California? And then last but not least, uh, creative. Uh, how many of you would say that you want to be or maybe you are a creative person? Now let me ask you a very important question that will sort of lead us into where we're going to talk about today. Who has the right to label something? Who has the right to label something? It's not a trick question. Uh, number one, I think the manufacturer, right? Uh, we see this with logos on our laptops and on our phones. Uh, number two, the owner. If you own a dog, you get to name it. Like, how weird would it be if I came to your house and tried to relabel or rename your dog? Even though the label or name that I might give might be more accurate, I don't have the right to do that because I'm not the owner. Owners get to label things. So who has the right to label something? Number three, the purchaser. When you were in elementary school or, or maybe even last week, your parents bought you something new, like maybe a backpack. And what did they tell you to do? Put your name on it, right? And now here's maybe the most important question for you to ask. The question that, the answer to this question rather, has the potential to shape your entire life and your willingness to embrace the answer to this question will definitely determine the direction and quality of your life. Not just in this season right now, but possibly for the rest of your life. The question is who has the right to label you? That we all have labels. Uh, some labels we gave ourselves, some labels other people gave us. And here's one label that I sort of gave myself and also one other that others gave me. Uh, here's the label I gave myself, but it's also sort of impacted uh, based on the world around me. Poor. Uh, I grew up uh, with my single parent mom who, who really did her best to take care of me. And, and many times she sacrificed more than I probably even realized to this day. So they could, she could provide quite a bit for me. However, I think by almost any standard, my family was poor growing up. And at an early age, I noticed how other families would buy things. They would go on trips. They owned houses. And while I'm not sure anyone ever made fun of me directly because of this label, this label impacted my confidence a lot. Uh, and a label that uh, others really did give me that uh, impacted me in several different ways was this ne next label, Goody Two Shoes. Now, if you haven't heard that term, uh, it basically means that I usually followed the rules and, and I really never wanted to get in trouble. I did get in trouble, but I never really wanted to. It was something I avoided. Now, I would be invited to parties, but I wasn't invited to the parties where illegal or immoral stuff was happening because I'm a goody two-shoes. And do you think these labels impacted the way that I carried myself and viewed myself in middle school and high school? Yeah, absolutely. These labels impacted my self-esteem. They made me feel alone at times. They uh, felt left out. These labels made me wonder if something was wrong with me. They impacted my relationships and my attitude, and they definitely impacted my confidence in how I saw myself. 
These labels that other people gave me and also the labels I give myself, these labels impacted my identity. That labels are powerful things. The right labels are incredibly helpful. But the wrong labels can lock you into something and keep God out. Labels determine how you see yourself, how you see others, and how you see the world around you. And here's something I know about you. You have some labels. Uh, some of you gave yourself a label. Uh, for some of you, other people gave you a label. Some of the labels are good. Some of the labels are not so good. Uh, hot or not. Uh, smart or dumb. Athletic or clumsy. Popular or unpopular. Some of you, friends gave you a label. Uh, parents gave you a label. A teacher or a coach gave you a label. And this ties into our series about relationships online because for more and more of us, someone online gave you a label. A group chat gave you a label. A chat room gave you a label. And maybe more than someone online labeling you specifically, maybe someone online shared an idea or a concept that sort of just stuck with you. And you took that and you labeled it yourself. Without that online interaction, you might never have labeled yourself that label, whatever it might be. Uh, maybe they didn't like give you the label, but they definitely gave you the idea for the label. And this brings us to sort of an interesting place in history when it comes to acquiring an identity. Because we all get our identity from somewhere, right? And there are historically really have been two general ways to acquire an identity. We talked about this briefly a few months ago. The oldest way is sort of outside in. You go outside of yourself to discover what the truth is, and then you sort of realign yourself with that particular truth. Uh, that's how you get value and find validation. The newer way, though, is inside out. That you, you look inside yourself and then you go outside and tell everyone who you are. You try to make the world outside congruent with who you are on the inside and what your identity actually is. The problem is both ways are broken. Because I'm broken, you're broken, those around us are broken. And, and people online generally don't have a very accurate perspective of who we are. Because we don't even really know who we are at times. And sometimes you want to be bold and you're sort of telling everybody who you are. And then some days you want peace and tranquility. And then other days you're sort of torn between those two things. That we want to believe that we can be self-validators. That I determine my identity. That I don't need anyone. I don't need my parents. I don't need my friends. But that isn't true. You are a relational being. You are far more fragile than that. And both the outside in and the inside out, they don't seem to really work. And so I think what we're trying to do right now is sort of combine those two things in this age of the internet. We go outside of ourselves, out into the internet, to get all the ideas of who we could be and what our identity could look like. And then we go inside ourselves and choose what we want our identity to be. And then we try to make the world around us congruent with who we think we are. Now, this might be part of the reason that in the modern world, we are often more anxious and more depressed. Because we think we are giving ourselves our identity. Yet at the same time, we go to anyone and everyone online asking them to validate us like, and ver verify who we actually think we are. But you can't give yourself your own identity, and other people online and in person can't give you your identity. Which brings us back to our important question today. Who has the right to label you? And in this series, we've discussed some of the commitments that can help us avoid destruction in ourselves and in our relationships online. Commitment number one was, I will treat every person as someone Jesus died for because they are, and he did. Commitment number two is, I will do all I can do to keep peace with all people. And commitment number three, I will treat you with respect whether I'm with you or not. You can watch or share any of these messages by heading to our YouTube channel. Uh, so we started today by asking the question, who has the right to label you? Who has the right to sort of give you your identity? 
And as we said, it seems that sort of going outside of ourselves to look at the world and, and listen to those around us to sort of find our identity doesn't always work and many times can be quite unhealthy. But also going inside ourselves to sort of find our identity and then adjust the outside world to our identity doesn't usually work either. And then in this digital world, we sort of combine those two by going outside of ourselves, out on the internet to gather all the identity options, and then we go inside ourselves to choose an option, which doesn't seem to really be working either. And your answer to this question, who has the right to label you, your answer to this question and your willingness to embrace the answer that we're going to discuss today will shape your future. It's actually part of the reason that we gather on Sundays. It's actually part of the reason that we have programs for preschool and elementary kids and preteens. The reason that we gather middle school and high school students outside on Sunday afternoons. And it's the reason that we encourage you to gather with a life group during the week. That we know that labels are, are powerful, powerful things. And we want to help you sort of like pull off the labels that mischaracterize you so that you can learn to see yourself the way that you should be seen. So who has the right to label you? Here is the one who has the right to label you. The one who made you, owns you, and bought you. And we're going to look at a few verses that sort of speak to each of those parts of that sentence. Uh, you can follow along in the Bible app. If you, if you don't have the Bible app, you can head to bible.com app. Once you're in the app, head to the More Menu option in the bottom right corner, select Events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Uh, the one who made you. That phrase is kind of our first part. Uh, if you don't know David's story, uh, you know, David from David and Goliath, you really should read that story. It's interesting. But David was given an identity by God, and part of that identity was to be the king of Israel. However, because of David's small size, his birth order, and a list of other things, people tried to give different labels and different identities to David. And in some seasons of his life, David would forget the identity that God gave him as well. And it would severely impact his life and the life of those around him. And David wrote many of the psalms that you probably have heard of in one form or another. And he wrote a powerful passage in one of those psalms that speaks to this part of how God has the right to label us. Psalm 139, starting verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. But the one who made you, owns you, and bought you has the right to label you. And then Paul would write this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. But we think that we are our own. But in reality, what we don't realize is that we didn't get here on our own. Even if you want to sort of remove God from the picture, but especially if you do consider God somehow in how you got here. Verse 20. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And right before this, Paul talks about some very specific ways that we can be hurt or our lives can be negatively impacted if we don't live as if God is the one who has the right to label us. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. That every one of you have been purchased by God. He paid the highest price of his son, Jesus. And Jesus paid for all of our sins through his own blood. And the one who bought you has the right to label you. And did you know that your life would be radically different if you would spend the rest of your life refusing to accept the labels that people give you and only accept the labels that your Heavenly Father has given you? So, commitment number four. I will only allow the one who made me, owns me, and bought me to label me. 
So if I'm really only going to allow God to label me, and not other people, not my friends, not my supervisor, not my teacher or coach, not someone online, not that chat, if I will only allow the one who made me, owns me, and bought me to label me, well, how do I actually do that? While most religions or belief systems involve information that you believe, Christianity at its heart and at its core is about an identity that you receive from God Almighty. He says, you have purpose and meaning. You are beloved sons and daughters. That nations, economies, cultures, political parties will come and go, but I am your God and you are my people. And through the, the grace of Jesus, that identity has been given to you. And you receive that identity by putting your trust and faith in Jesus. That identity tells you who you are, why you belong, and why you matter. But if you're anything like me, I forget that most days. I go through my days and, and some seasons looking for anyone and anything, you know, likes, emojis, memes, anything digital, to validate me and tell me why I matter. And we all sort of already have those online rhythms. And while I have rhythms online, I need rhythms with God. I, I need, and I would suggest we all need rhythms with God, gathering with the church, reading scripture, praying, serving, giving. We need rhythms with God to sort of reinforce that identity to tell me who I am. That I don't read the scriptures because I don't know what I believe. I read the scriptures because it tells me about the identity that I received through Jesus. And as we discussed earlier, we can try to find our identity through others online and through the world around us. Uh, we can try to find the ident our identity inside ourselves. And now with the internet, we can sort of combine those two by going outside and inside us. However, following Jesus is finding an identity that comes through none of that. You don't have to go outside of yourself to find your identity. You don't have to go inside to find your identity. God has spoken an identity over you and through the grace of God and the voice of the Father saying, this is who you are. And this identity doesn't come from yourself. It doesn't come from some paradigm and culture. It comes from the creator of the world. So to not forget the identity that God has given you and me, or to discover the identity for the very first time that maybe you never knew that God had given you. We need rhythms with God, just like we have rhythms online. Uh, we, we check our email and social media when we wake up. Then we eat breakfast, and then we're sort of online throughout the day. And then in the evening we stream shows and check social media more. And those aren't necessarily bad rhythms, but we also need rhythms with God throughout the day. And, and this can be why stopping to pray at mealtimes can sometimes be powerful for people. To stop during a busy day to remember that you are a son or a daughter of God and that God cares for you and he provides for you. And you can schedule an appointment with him at any time and he will listen and speak to you. That you and I, though, need rhythms with God. That I need you. I need the rhythm of gathering with the church. I need rhythms of, of small group and serving and giving, using my resources. I need to carve out space in my schedule to be reminded of the identity and labels that God gives to me. And I don't have to go out sort of improve this identity that has been given by God himself to you and to me. And I want that for you. I want all of us to sort of live in that confidence. But independent of rhythms with God, it's impossible. If we just have rhythms online without God, it's going to be impossible. Because you and I will forget that, that identity. You and I will doubt that identity. You and I will question it. Because we're all just like the many generations before us. While they didn't have the same technology or availability of relationships online, they would try to find their identity from other people and through themselves as well. That without rhythms that include God, or if we go seasons without rhythms connecting with God, we will all begin to doubt our identity. 
or we'll begin to look for it in the labels that people give us. Without rhythms with God, you won't know who you are. So commitment number four again, I will only allow the one who made me, owns me, and bought me to label me. That I have rhythms online and I need rhythms with God. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die for us. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that you, in the first place, created us to be yours. And you create us for a relationship with you. And that relationship was broken, and so you were willing to come and pay the ultimate price for us. That you bought us, and you were willing to say that we are yours. So God, would, we, would you help us to take the labels that you give us over any labels that anybody else gives us? Would you help us to pull off the labels that are not from you? And God, then over these next few weeks and the next few days and seasons of our life, would you help us to create rhythms with you where you could put on the labels that you give us so that we can have our identity in you? Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that we can be your son or daughter. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.